My grandpa always. God damn it, Minerva. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Minerva's butt. Minerva. <laughs> Minerva reading a poem. Shall we read a poem from a light in the air? Hello, all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. Russ, you have way too much energy for 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I know, for real. I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> my mom used to be a principal of a school, and the best schedule change that she was ever asked for was a kid came in, and, she, and he was like, I can't handle Mr. So-and-so. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's a really good teacher. And he's like, yeah, but I have him first thing in the morning, and he has way too much energy for 8 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely had a teacher like that. It, I felt it was helpful, though. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely... Like, anytime you have a really sprightly teacher, it's like, no matter what they're teaching, it it always adds a bit of, you know, ginky to it. Right, for sure. I have me a nice mug of ginger ass tea here. So it was made with the ass of a ginger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that big fat part towards the bottom where the ginger can twerk. <laughs> You know what I was what I was finding fascinating? Thanks to TikTok, I have learned about so many subcultures that I just didn't know existed. And my favorite is that Kirby, the anthropomorphic pink Nintendo creature, is very popular among the gay and trans community. I guess it's okay. And and it tracks a lot because you like he's big and pink and squishy and friendly and rides around on a star and all like that. But he's also I keep saying he, but he's apparently genderless. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Like, like there's never kept, been a. They keep assigning him the a male gender in ads. Yeah. Or they used yeah. to. But in in Japan, he he doesn't officially have a gender. That's delightful. He shouldn't. I mean, Kirby shouldn't because Kirby is a. <laughs> I mean, gender is not based on genitals, but I just for a moment <laughs> tried to think about Kirby having genitals, and I quickly fast-forwarded through that thought. There's a wonderful video I ran across where it was a uh, meet-and-greet. It was, a, it was a person, you know, wearing a Kirby suit, you know, like the big, round, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. squishy suit. And they were at a... It looked like a GameStop or someplace like that, but it was the official Nintendo Kirby meet-and-greet. And Kirby is coming up from behind this curtain doing his big, yeah. fat Kirby waddle. And you just hear shrieking. Just, just unhinged screaming from the crowd. And the camera pans to the crowd and it is 100% gay men. <laughs> Cute. I imagine if Kirby were to have genitals, Kirby would have whatever genitals they wanted at that moment. Since they're so, you know amorphous they can probably just form them and can <laughs> change form by inhaling bad guys which that's ooh, true that's, it, we it, don't have time to unpack that but kirby absorbs <laughs> the gender that it just inhaled i feel yeah that that tracks that is that's there's there's been animes about that i'm sure <laughs> well I, I was gonna say what are you doing this fine weekend because i am super jazzed because i'm going to see a comedian tonight who looks not unlike kirby 
have they said they looked like Kirby or are you just... Well, they've compared themselves to lots of things. This comedian does have a gender. It, it is Daro Brian, who uh, is, is he, him, and is often compared to the cartoon character on the back of the Megabus. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about him before on this podcast. He was once compared to a sausage mascot and indeed looks quite a lot like Kirby because he is large and rotund and bald. I hope he likes that. I hope so too. And I hope I can catch him like on the street somewhere. I've always wanted to meet Daro Brian and like buy him a drink. But I mean, I'm sure people are way more chill in Canada about celebrities. And so it would be way less threatening if you're like, hello, I'm going to buy you a drink. If Tom Cruise walked by me, like I would be, hi, Tom Cruise, you know, like shake his hand or something. But I don't have anything to say to Tom Cruise. Mm. But if you give me Daro Brian, here are the jokes you told that changed my life. You know, that sounds a I little mean, bit obsessive. but It's still a parasocial relationship. Well, what are we talking about today and what stories have you brought us? I am reading Surprise with an exclamation oh point. My grandpa went to Myrtle Beach and sent us back a turtle each. And then he went to Kathmandu and mailed a real-life cockatoo. From Rio, an iguana came. A smelly goat arrived from Spain. Now he's in India, you see. My grandpa always thinks of me. And the picture is two kids... Uh, an older, what looks like a girl, looking very excited, and a younger child that is hugging the girl in somewhat fright. And there's a giant wooden crate with two legs made of wood and a big box for the body, a smaller box for the head, and then a narrow skinny box hanging down like a trunk. So it is apparent that this is an elephant. I think uh, that, doesn't the elephant have four legs? Wait, what did I say? You said two legs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it has four legs. Uh, and the crate has things written on it, like open here, and it's pointing to the trunk. And then it says, fragile, this end up, perishable, keep in cool, <laughs> dry place, handle with care, airmail, special delivery, and the worst one, postage due. <laughs> <laughs> the customs duties on this fucker are going to be off the chain. And so, because I enjoy well actualing, I wanted to fact check this. <laughs> well actually. So, for Myrtle Beach, the grandpa sent back a turtle each. Okay, mm. so when you're talking about Myrtle I Beach, gotta assume you're talking about the loggerhead sea turtle, which is the South Carolina state reptile. I was going to say, I know there are turtles in Myrtle Beach. Yes. So the loggerhead sea turtle has been endangered since 1978 <gasps> because it's been dying out from habitat destruction. Also, it was hunted because it was tasty. Um, <laughs> but you could you could not mail that, at least as of 1978, and uh, this book was published in 81. Just like the Galapagos tortoise, it was so tasty. I can't imagine tortoises and turtles being that tasty, but okay, I'm also a vegetarian. Do you know this story? Why it took the Galapagos tortoise so long to get a scientific name? No. Well, this is back in the day, you know, like when a lot of the scientific names were being assigned in Britain and stuff, and they would just, you know, ship back animals and then assign them scientific names. 
Well, the trouble with the Galapagos giant tortoise was that it was too delicious. Oh, that's right. They couldn't be, it couldn't get taken back because the sailors were like, but we're hungry. They kept eating them <laughs> and couldn't even bring back one. Can, can you imagine being a sailor where it's like, okay, okay, guys, 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 we're going to keep this one. This one we're going to keep alive. You can eat all of these, but just, just don't eat this one. This one here. Okay. And then it, the ship comes into port and it's like, we couldn't control ourselves at all. Poor tortoises. So, next one, the grandpa goes to Kathmandu, which is in Nepal. There are no cockatoos in Kathmandu. Ah. Cockatoos are located are from Australia to the Philippines, and they did not make it to that mainland. And I guess he could have gotten a bred in captivity cockatoo or some illegally traded cockatoo and sent it back but it's not a great it's not a great souvenir for nepal okay and then yes you could get iguanas from rio that's not an issue yeah they're everywhere. uh sure goats are domesticated all over the place you could get a goat from spain there's actually a type of goat called the spanish goat uh that originated in mexico huh <gasps> uh and then finally you know the big finale is this elephant coming from india and yes there are elephants in india there's a subspecies of the asian elephant called the indian elephant so that's <laughs> possible except it's most definitely endangered yeah um, my favorite fact about elephants is that the babies don't know how, to know how to control their trunks until they're a couple of years old and so when they're really little they just spend a lot of time flinging their trunk around their face oh my gosh that's adorable can you imagine the amount of poop that would be in this wooden crate? Oh my, yes. Oh golly. There would just be ever so much. How much does an elephant poop? I mean, a horse poops a lot and then multiply that by an elephant. Okay, I have... Oh, oh gracious. I've heard if you get pooped on by an elephant, it can cause serious problems. Like, just from the mass of it. Oh, an elephant eats between 100 and 125 pounds of food every day, and they defecate between 8 and 10 times per day. Good God. Oh, well, they are herbivores. Herbivores do that. One elephant pile every two hours. Oof. It's called a pile. Words have meaning, and I, I can mean... think of no better word to describe what an elephant is leaving behind. Other than, like, hillock or mountain. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Just trying to crack Can you imagine it. being a goddamn zookeeper? Yeah. I would quit on the first day. <laughs> That's so much poop. They would walk me into that elephant hutch and I would be like, no, oh, 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 oh kill all of them. No, <laughs> this is sinful. <laughs> well, the reason I picked this poem is just that, you know, I was on a vacation recently and it was terrible, but I brought back a few things for friends and I brought back this smoked hops beer for them to try mm. from Bamberg, Germany. So Bamberg's known for their smoked beers and I've heard it said that it's like drinking a salami oh nice i did try it it's not actually that bad and i really hate beer it's definitely not like drinking a salami uh, i hated it i extra hated it but it was not a salami 
<laughs> I feel like I would adore this beer. For myself, I brought back some Sylvaner wine from Germany, and it's in a type of bottle that's not so much round so much as bag-shaped, and it's named after the German word for sheep's balls, or sheep's scrotum, because <laughs> the wineskins used to be sheep's scrotums, and then they kept the shape, so... That kicks ass. Let me see if I can. Let me find. Yes, the, I, I would love to see this creature. Maybe it's actually a goat scrotum. German scrotum wine. Let's see. Boxbüttel. Yes. Boxbüttel. Büttel. Büttel. Boxbüttel. Uh, protected bottle shape. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm not sure. I mean. I think i don't know maybe oh. the idea that originally they stored wine in a scrotum is incorrect maybe i'm making that up from uh wikipedia the origin of the name one claim is that it is derived from the low german booksbudel which stands for a small sack used to protect and carry books in particular prayer books or song books carried on travels another claim is that the term means ram scrotum which is supposed to be of similar shape to the bottle this explanation is given as early as 1690 in a oh. dictionary by Caspar von Stieler. The term boxboodle with this meaning is said to have existed in the early Middle Ages before songbooks were even used. Hmm. Well, cool. So at least that uh, tale has been around for the, since the 17th century. So I Woo! can't be that wrong, can I? Go German scrotums. <laughs> Other things I brought home was my mother gave me an artisan glass-blown owl figurine, which is Aww. adorable. And for my sister, I got her... Well, she was on the trip, too, but uh, she left early, and I wandered around Vienna, Austria for a few days, and I got her a dirndl. <laughs> what is a dirndl? So a dirndl is a traditional Austrian or German dress, and it's, it's very much the sort of thing you think of uh, when you think of... Bavarian beer festivals. Ah, uh, yes, one of those. Okay. Yes. So I went around. They they can be very expensive. I found like a fancy place that made them, and it was like nine hundred dollars. And I was like, oh I'm just going to go to some secondhand stores. And I spent quite a while doing this, but I found a pretty cute, decent, high quality one that I got her for like twenty bucks. Nice. Yeah. You sent me a postcard as well. I did. And Cologne. what did you learn from the postcard? Well, that apparently Cologne comes from Cologne. Yes. Also, the Kolsch beer. <laughs> I don't even drink beer, but I find beer history interesting. Uh, apparently, Germany used to be a, a huge wine-producing region, but then when all the vineyards got destroyed, they switched over to beer because... It takes a while for you to grow grapevines and not very long to grow hops and things. Well, without fermented beverages, there wouldn't be humanity as we know it. Absolutely not. Well, all right, Russ, I think that's all I got. So what are you my, doing today? My poem was selected by Random Number Generator, and it is The Pirate. Oh, the blithery, blathery pirate. His name, I believe, is Claude. His manner is sullen and irate, and his humor is vulgar and broad. He has often been known to imprison his friends in the hold, dark and dank, or lash them up high on the mizzen, or force them to stroll down a plank. 
He will selfishly ask you to dig up some barrels of ill-gotten gold, and if you so much as just hiccup, he'll leave you to fill up the hole. He may cast you adrift in a rowboat. He has no reaction to tears. Or put you ashore without no boat on an island and leave you for years. He's a rotter, a wretch, and a sinner. He's as foul as a fellow can be. But if you invite him to dinner, oh, please sit him next to me. Because of course you would. He's the ideal dinner guest. And there is a picture, but it's, it's just a pirate. Silverstein likes writing poems about pirates, but I can't really blame him. Children love pirates. and Everyone pirates loves pirates. About. Pirates kick ass. The other poems that have been about pirates have been Captain Hook and Pirate Captain Jim, which were in Where the Sidewalk Ends. Interestingly enough, you, you started with a well, actually, and uh, I was c- kind of going to do the same thing because e- more fun than pirates are talking about pirate misconceptions. Pirates of the time, you know, or uh, the golden age of sail, weren't necessarily as backwards and evil and as movies make them out to be. A lot of them were pretty forward-thinking and had better crew conditions than a lot of the military vessels at the time. And we owe workman's comp, probably, to pirates. The most successful pirate of all time was absolutely not, you know, Blackbeard or anybody like that. It was a Chinese woman who started life as a prostitute. And her name was Jing Yi Zhao. And uh, at one point... She would command a fleet to boggle the mind. At her the height of her power, she commanded 80,000 sailors and a fleet of over 1,500 vessels. Her pirate fleet, such as it was, dwarfed navies of the time. Uh, she could negotiate with the emperor at the time and uh, was, not, was not killed in action, lived to old age, and got to enjoy her spoils of war such as it is yeah she retired nicely have you watched our flag means death <laughs> i need to watch that don't i i've only oh, watched man. a couple episodes and i'm going to watch more but something that struck me is how um at least in this i've only seen the second episode so i've only seen blackbeard in the, a few times very closely in the second episode and he just seems like a very calm reasonable person it's Taika Waititi that's playing Blackbeard, isn't it? Right. But, but at least in this, at least in the episode I saw, his reactions all seem very measured and thoughtful. One thing that's interesting about the pirate is that how petty this pirate is. Like, this pirate has nothing better to do than like torment people who are close to him. Like, not even, not even like his random soldier, like his random uh, underlings, but like his friends. He's just like mean to his friends. Just an asshole. He's just an asshole. Like, he's often been known to imprison his friends. And <laughs> he selfishly does this or that. And if you hiccup, which is spelled hiccup rather than hiccup. Hiccup rather than hiccup. Right. And he has no reaction. There's, he's just petty as hell. He just, he, there's no purpose to what he's doing. He's just, like, spiteful. Yeah. Which I don't think would ha- make for a long career of piracy. Because if you're just an asshole, your own crew's going to mutiny. But also, it doesn't seem like you'd make a lot of money if your goal in life was just spite. Also, pirates never buried treasure. That's, that, that's another thing. 
But we shall both watch the show, and then we will know more about, or at least a fictitious amount of things. Well, dead gummit, now I've got to watch Our Flag Means Death, don't I? Yeah, I suppose I should watch the rest of it, too, because there is at least one more pirate poem in this book, and it is Blackbeard. Who was not a very successful pirate, only active for two years. Oh, wow. I wonder how he got such a famed... Well, maybe they mixed him and Bluebeard up all the time. I don't know. (laughs) I would. I do. Well, do you have any uplifting thoughts to close us out with? I have new kittens, and they're scared right now, so they're making the most adorable little cuddle puddle. Oh, nice. They're just a pile of four kittens. Are, are they spicy boys, or...? They're mostly scared. They're not particularly violent. Oh, that's sweet. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. I'm not too worried about them. <laughs>